welcome in to another edition of the Back and Forth Podcast, a Thursday, or no, excuse me. Um, yeah, no, Thursday edition. Typical me getting my days mixed up. If you're new to the podcast. It's only well, Wednesday, Matt, come on. I know, that's the sad part. It is only Wednesday and I'm getting days mixed up. If you're new to the podcast, though, welcome. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Join alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And make sure you guys follow the show on Twitter, at BackForthPod. Instagram is at BackForthPodcast. And, of course, if you're on those social media platforms, make sure you give the official home of Back and Forth, that being the Talk That Talk Media Company, a follow on Twitter, at TTT Media Company. The rest of their social platforms are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. Fully football today. We've got no basketball to talk about yet. I'm sure there'll be a couple. There might be some signings coming up in the future days or weeks. I think a lot of NBA news will pick up. Yeah. Um, now that Kevin Durant, the situation with Katie's figured out, I think a lot of teams were just waiting to see what was going to happen there. And I mean, less than 48 hours after he committed to staying, you saw the Patrick Beverly deal. And now Carmelo Anthony is getting some interest from teams. So I think you'll see. More and then Colin Sexton, uh, they're trying to get him to Dallas, so you'll see a lot more movement now. I think that that whole um, situation is over. Yeah, so we'll have, like we said, fully football today. We'll do some college football games that we like for Week One. Um, as far as um, interesting games that we we find, again, Week One's kind of one of those. You get a few good games, but then a lot of them are just really good teams against not so really good teams, and I mean the the scores will reflect that uh, pretty. Pretty easily, for sure, in college football. And then we'll also touch on the Panthers and the Saints, their season previews, to round out the NFC South, which will leave us with four teams remaining in our season previews for the NFL. Almost there. We're almost there. But some teams that are going to start their season this weekend in college football, let's get right to it. We've got three games that we really like as far as um, just competitiveness and, you know, I guess quality of game, if you want to call that. Um, Joey, what's the first game up? We're going to do Oregon and Georgia in the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff. This is being played in Atlanta, Georgia, which is pretty much a home game. Yeah, that's a home game for Georgia. Home game for the Bulldogs. Um, 11th seed or 11th ranked Oregon taking on the third ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia's 17-point favorites here. Mm, that's That's high. That's a lot, but I agree with it. Um, Georgia usually beats the doors off of everyone that's not named Alabama. And uh, there's a lot of games that you open the college football season or you'll see on Georgia's schedule. Like, that's going to be a really good game, and Georgia ends up absolutely manhandling them consistently every single season. Um, Oregon has a great old line. You know, Bo Nix is over there at quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of talent, obviously, on that Oregon team. And they – I won't say they're – they're definitely contenders within the Pac-12. I think Utah is going to win the Pac-12, but Oregon are definitely contenders within that. I think they're ahead of USC. Like, they're second, they're second right behind Utah. I think USC is still in that third, fourth spot, but uh, Oregon definitely contenders in the Pac-12, but Pac-12 and SEC are just, you know, two different beasts here, um, and I'm going to go with the Bulldogs here. I don't think Georgia should have, should not have too much issue, uh, any issues here. Always been a great defensive team. They usually beat up on schools like this. This is a home game for them play, being played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I won't be surprised if this is a 20-point 20 20 win or more for the Bulldogs. By the way, I looked last week. I think if I'm right, I think you went 2-1 and one and I went 1-2. and two. 
because I had I think I took Wyoming to keep it relatively close. And I, I took Illinois, and then we both were, we we both had Northwestern right, and then we both went with Hawaii. Who, I mean, that wasn't even remotely close. I don't even want to talk about Hawaii anymore. I mean, man, you want to talk about bad? I mean, oh my. They're going to be really bad. If UNLV does not beat Hawaii this year. That was the upside, right? Like, that, I, Yeah, that's that's not – UNLV now is going to at least win three games this season. Yeah, like I looked – and Nevada wasn't that great either. They were playing New Mexico State. New Mexico State was in that game pretty right. much the entire way. They, they theoretically should have four guaranteed wins on their schedule right now, but we'll go three because that's a rivalry game. They should not lose to New Mexico. Nope. And they should damn not lose to Hawaii on nope. the road after that performance. You can't even be like, oh, it's a road game now. If an East Coast team, which was pretty much a 1 a.m. kickoff for them, beat them 63 to 10 on the road, and Vanderbilt is not that great. And that game went later than it should have because you had the weather delay right in the middle of the game. Oh, yeah. So probably more closer to a 1, 2 a.m. kickoff for them. Yeah. Um, And they beat the brakes off of them. Yeah, UNLV should not lose that game in Hawaii. We're going to have some issues there. If any Mountain West team loses to Hawaii, there's, there should be some problems. New Mexico might, but that's about the only team I could make the argument that might lose to Hawaii. Or Wyoming. could be. Yeah, Wyoming didn't look that. I'm, I'm For UNLV, I'm kind of upset they didn't get Hawaii this year, or Wyoming, rather, this year, because... We didn't even get them last year, did we? Uh, no. I don't think so. It's it been may, two years since we've got... Yeah, I would say, I think know. the last time they played Wyoming was... In, yeah, in Allegiant, um, when Wyoming just did whatever they felt like. Yeah. During the entire game, <laughs> much like a lot of teams did. But, um, yeah, no, I, I watched that Hawaii game. I was like, yep, this is going to probably be a win for UNLV. Like, I don't care that it's a road game for them. It's probably a, probably a win. Um, same thing with Nevada. Like, I thought Nevada was – I get they had a whole lot of turnover come from last year to this year. But, I mean, New Mexico State's not that great of a football team. And Tony I'm, Sanchez is there, man. Throw some respect on him. I know. I But you look at all the – receivers coach, I think. Yeah. Oh boy, um, and they, I think they even the receivers were dropping some passes. They were, I think the broadcast was saying, I don't know. Yeah, well, um, that makes that makes sense. I was in the middle of our draft when that game was going on, so I was like halfway paying attention to that game and halfway paying attention. I, to I the fell draft. asleep like at eight o'clock that night. Oh, but I was worried, then, I was worried you're gonna miss the draft. Yeah, and then I, I keep I, I ignore it the first time. I ignore this, and then after the fourth time, I get the first thing I see when I wake up is. My, you know, my our friends in fantasy, Sean Rosales and, and William Henna, which is yeah. two faces you do not want to see. No, uh, the first thing, and I'm doing my fantasy football draft half awake, pretty much the entire time. So at least I made it. Yes, I would have been pretty. I that that's the league I care about the most. So if I had my team auto drafted, I'd probably be pretty upset. So I was awake to know, I was awake enough to coherently draft the players I wanted. Yes. So I I got my duo that I wanted, Najee Harrison. Devontae Adams, I've it's a great duo. A- Aiden's trying to pry Devontae Adams from me, which is not going to happen. But he keeps trying to send you his kicker for Devontae Adams. Yeah, it's typical, typical Aiden offer. Um, I don't think anyone know in our like. There's two people, and I'm not saying it because Matt's here. Again, we're derailing again, but who cares? Um, there's two people in our league that I think honestly know how to realistically trade. It's Matt and Will. Right. Everyone else, every offer I get is like. They have the the perception that it's like, if I give you three bench players for your starter, you're going to take that because I'm giving you three for one. No. When all three of those guys are just going to sit on my bench. Right. So that's that's my fantasy football rant. But, uh, yeah, um, we derailed once again. 
By the way, I noticed ESPN made updates to their app, like especially in the when you go to make trades. Like there's now met grading metrics as far as like what they feel a guy is rated in comparison it's, to what you're getting. And it's then, it's also tricky because like. You used to just look at the projected amount of points. Now right. you look at the overalls. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of throws you off a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. like, I I swapped. I don't regret it, but I swapped Juju for Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper's, like, overall was, like, an 85. And Juju's was, like, a 79. But Juju's at projected, like, 12.8 points this week. Amari Cooper's only at 11.4 something. Yeah. So I don't regret it. I think I think it's worth the risk. I think Amari Cooper could... He's either going to have a really bad year without Watson or he's going to drop near 20 points a game because he's going to be the only good target for Jacoby Brissett. So it was worth taking the risk, I think. But, um, yeah, it definitely – you can definitely get what you want a little more because you can – those overalls can kind of kind of trick people a little bit. Yeah. I think and that's what Aiden's trying to do. Well, even with all that, I, I looked at the uh, final projections last night. I don't think you moved up very much at all, if any. Like, I think you were still those, in that six or seven. Those range. projections are bullshit. They really are. They don't mean anything. We saw him after the draft, and we we're like, who made these? Dom, Dom was projected to finish, what, first last year, and he, he barely snuck into the playoffs. So Yeah, exactly. It, it It's just all off of how they think these players will perform. Some will be bust and get hurt. Right. Some will definitely exceed expectations. And one guy I'm really banking on who is the one of the three players that is untouchable on my team is Romeo Dobbs. I think he'll be a huge payoff. So Romeo Dobbs, I'm gonna give him at least two weeks to prove himself. Then I'll start trading him if I'm not liking what I'm seeing. But that's like my big, you know. Let's, I, I'm hoping that's my big payoff. Yes. Which he'll probably just give me five points a game. But hey, most likely. <laughs> I thought that was um, the Packer tight end for me last year. Whoever that was. Right? Yeah, I have him. I picked him up off waivers. Was uh, that like Tony Robert? And, yeah. Like, everyone's like, oh, this is going to be Aaron's number one guy now. You know, he's going to kind of fade away from Devontae. Nope. And he gets hurt on top of that. So it's like, <laughs> okay, so the guy's out for the year. That's great. Um, but like we said, so you are going with Georgia, right? Yeah. Georgia. Okay. So, so we, yeah, from all that, we're back, back we're, to college football. We're going it's, with Georgia. It's football related. How about that? We didn't yeah. get completely derailed. Yeah. Georgia shouldn't have too many issues with Oregon. Um, like I said, the SEC and Pac-12 are just two different beasts. And, um, or the SEC is a different beast from the Pac-12, I should say. And um, they shouldn't have an issue beating this team more by, regardless of, like, the spread and any of that, they should have an issue beating this team by two, three touchdowns. I'm split because I think 17 is probably the number it is. Like, I think I, I could see a 17-point win for Georgia. That I could absolutely see. I could also see Oregon – you know, say Georgia's up 17 late in the fourth. They know they don't, they, I mean, they know they're going to win the game. Maybe they, you know, Oregon gets a late score, or, you know, maybe it's a, you know, a feel, a quick field goal. And then they try the onside kick or something and they get it down to 14 or it, maybe they score a touchdown and they get it down to 10. And then Georgia ends up winning the game by 10 or 14. Like that's something I could see. Um, I'm definitely comfortable saying Georgia's winning this game. I cannot see in any case that Oregon's going to win. Um, but I think it might be a little bit closer than we think. I think inside 17 points is fairly reasonable for Oregon. I mean, especially if they want to live up to all the hype they've been getting as far as being one of the um, you know perennial front runners in the Pac-12. I think you have to be able to look competitive in this game, you know, if not win it. I think we know what Georgia's going to be. 
Um, they're right neck and neck with Alabama, in my opinion. But something tells me that this might be a little bit of a closer game. Maybe Oregon's got something that we don't know about that, you know, could surprise a lot of people. So at 17, I would probably say Oregon's probably going to cover the spread. But um, I don't see Oregon winning this game. I think if you're going straight off who's winning and losing the game, I'll, I'll take Georgia, especially being virtually a home game, even though they can technically considered a neutral site game, but it's in Georgia. So come on. Well, next game is not a neutral site game. It is in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Mm. So I say it right. Yeah. Something like that. Razorbacks and Bearcats, uh, the 19th ranked. Arkansas Razorbacks are taking on the 23rd. Let me make sure I don't have those flipped, actually. Yeah, and 19-ranked Arkansas uh, is taking on 23-ranked Cincinnati, a team that was just in the college football playoff um, coming in at 23 this season. And they've lost a lot of talent. Yeah, they have. Desmond Ryder got drafted. Uh, They lost. uh, Sauce came from Cincinnati, right? I believe so. That's his nickname. Yeah, Sauce um, Gardner. Yeah, he came from Cincinnati, so they lost a lot of talent through the draft. Um, and this Arkansas team is kind of moving up from where they were last season. Um, Arkansas Athletics is, had a, is having a is going to have a really good year this year, by the way. You're going to have basketball. Basketball, I think, is coming in at one next season. And then you're looking at football. They're a top 20 team. So Arkansas Athletics is going to have a really good year. Um but, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati has a lot of proof this year. Um, you're kind of starting from scratch again. Uh, Luke Fickle took, turned down a lot of Power 5 jobs last season, uh, coming back and returning with the Bearcats. Um, this is a tough first game for them. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of people try to discredit Cincinnati last year for their strength of schedule, even though they went on the road and beat Notre Dame and had a lot of other top 25 wins. Um, they're starting this year off with a, a, a top 20 opponent, and, much less talented team than last season. Um, I want to pick Cincinnati. I really like Cincinnati. I like their story, um, but I'm also realistic. I just have not – Arkansas is more proven, and I just haven't seen anything from this new Cincinnati team yet, and I don't know how they're going to perform this year. I'm not saying they're going to be a bad team, but I don't think they'll be a top 25 team for the majority of the year. They'll finish around 8-4, and four, and Luke Fickle will continue to, to build off this roster he has. And maybe by year three or – in two years from now, I should say, this, they'll be back to where they were, uh, but they'll be nowhere near that this season. And I think Arkansas shouldn't have too much trouble here. I think this is a 10-point, 13-point win for the Razorbacks. I agree. I think that um, Arkansas is going to win this game for sure. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of regression out of Cincinnati. I think you look at last year, it really felt like a Cinderella year for Cincinnati. Like they needed everything to go right and some help along the way just to get to the fourth seed of the playoffs. Like for one, they had to go undefeated the entire way, non-conference in conference didn't matter. They had to run the table, go 13 and zero if you include their, um, their conference championship game. And, you know, part of it is the committee. I think part of it is the committee. They were so hesitant up until last year to put a group of five school in like the, the best example I could give you is like, if we had this playoff format back in the early to somewhat mid 2010s when Boise State was running the Mountain West and they were consistently, you know, the 12 and 1, 13 and 0 Boise State, 
and they would always end up in like the Las Vegas Bowl. And we go, how is this team, you know, winning the conference, winning handedly, maybe has one loss on their record, and it's probably a non-conference loss, and they still find a way to get to the Las Vegas Bowl. Like that's the best bowl you can give them. How many in uh, FBS? How many conferences are there? Are there eight? In the FBS, as far as football, football conference, there's mo- way more than eight, I think. More than eight? Because you have the power five, you have the group of five, and then you usually have some, so it's at least 10. You have probably some lower conferences in the FBS as well that aren't a group of five or a power five. Let's so you, see. you have at least 10 that I can think of off the top of my head. I'm going to go through it. You have one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. You have eleven. Okay, so I but wasn't that far off. Technically ten because technically, yeah. I mean, of the uh, independent schools. Yeah, because okay. I was gonna be like, it's a hot take, but I think there should be an eight-team playoff representing each school from each division. Or, or excuse me, eight team playoff and the the winners of that conference represent the team in the playoff. But you have, well, you have ten conferences. That's what I'm saying. You'd have to have like a a play in or something between the the lowest seeds or whatever. So it would technically would it technically be then a ten team playoff? Yeah. So that you can ensure every conference winner has a spot. I feel like that because they. Well, you could. You I could know do, they do that for obviously college basketball is different, but. I mean, I think that'd be an entertaining way to do it because you still you would have five group of uh, big uh, power five schools in there. Well, what you could do is you could take that idea and you could have six that are automatically in. They don't have to worry about a play in. You take the bottom four, however you want to see them, whether it's record, strength of schedule, however you want to do it. And you take the bottom four. So seven through ten, they are in a play in type of scenario and then they get reseeded. So the top six are you know automatic playoff teams seven through ten plays in a play-in to get into that playoff format yeah and then you're still pseudo playing for the playoff still the one big issue with that as entertaining as it is and probably will never happen the one big issue is that too many games too many games that's that's what they'll quote and which they're not wrong these are college these are college athletes at the end of the day there's 12 regular season games every single one of these teams are gonna have to play in their conference championship 13 so let's just say you're seven seed. You got to play the playing game, fourteen, and then three. That's seventeen games. So you're pretty much playing an NFL schedule. Can I? Um, can I have another crazy hot take? It, yeah, go ahead. Can we please get rid of the conference championship game? Can we just crown, crown the conference champion? Whoever, the regular season. Whoever I has like the, that. Whoever has the best regular season record, and if you have a tie, you can have you know different tiebreakers to break the tie. See. You could do that, but the, the the issue is is not everyone's competing for a a um a a, a playoff spot. So for a lot of teams, the conference championship game is a lot more meaningful than the bowl games, right? But you because could, a lot of these guys they'll set out their they'll play the conference championship game, but they'll set out the bowl games like these teams that are not in the top twenty five or on the back end of the top twenty five. So. That's the thing. If you get a rid, you get rid of that. I mean, it's it's favorable for the Alabama and Georgias, but for the rest of the 120 uh, FBS teams, it's it doesn't really work for them. I mean, I'm not opposed to that, um, but 
I don't I don't think it would both of our ideas would just get thrown in the can by the committee honestly I think I think the most realistic proposal is putting it to a 16 playoff yeah I mean the committee's been talking about for like the last five years that they want to expand I I think six is fair because usually it's to, to be honest I mean my idea was just something fun and I think would be really entertaining just in my point of view I would really enjoy that um, but I think a, a really realistic idea would be a 16 because it's it's always it, it it's uh, there's only six teams that can really contend honestly every year because you get the one through four and then you look at the five and six every year and you're like man five and six should have made it so I think if you get the 16 playoff you get six legitimate contenders in there um, and you get you know the playing game the one and two are locks and then the two or the three seed has to play the six, the fourth seed has to play the the fifth. That game goes in top four to championship game. I don't hate six. Yeah. But I would make a small caveat to six. Hmm. The pow- all power five schools or not schools, but rather power five conferences, the conference champions in. And then you look at the group of five and you pick the strongest group of five you can pick you can find, whether it's say it's a Boise State out of the Mountain West, maybe it's Cincinnati out of the, their conference, whatever it may be, they are granted the spot. I, I think there should be a rule. There has to be at least one group of five schools. Right. Because then... Because there, there might be a year where there's like three... I'm not saying it probably won't happen anytime soon or for a while or ever. There might be a year where there's two or three group of five schools in the top six. Yeah. So obviously you have to put them in, but I think minimal every year there has to be one group of five school. And the committee will probably just keep it at one almost every single season, but you'll get that one through five is obviously uh power five schools. And that last spot would be a group of five. I like that idea. Yeah. I think that's fair because then it keeps the group of five playing for something. And it also prevents the committee from overloading the six team field with the sec and the big 10. Yeah. Because the PAC 12 has gotten shafted in years past the ACC. If it wasn't for Clemson, they would absolutely get shafted in this. Um, and, Trying to think of the other conference that is, we got oh Big Twelve. Big Twelve gets no love either. So you have three of the power the power fives that the committee just kind of looks at and goes, eh, you're okay. Yeah. And then you look at the Big Ten and the SEC. If it was up to the committee, they would put three SECs in and three Big Ten teams in, and they'd be like, well, this is our playoff field. So that's why I'd probably put four SEC two. They they would try to put the whole conference in if they could. Yeah. Which is why I mean, furthermore, if that's how the committee's going to do things then we don't need a conference championship in those conferences because you're going to put them in anyway. So like, let's say Bama and Georgia play in the conference championship game. What's the real incentive to win that game if you and both then, know you're going to be in? And then they put them last year, I think it was, and then they put them on opposite sides of the bracket. Yeah. So, that so they, they can, we can get see them, it again. Yeah, we can see it again in the national championship. Yay. Woo-hoo. Alabama and Georgia again. Yeah. And when then, it should have been, because how, how did the seeding, Michigan was two, right? Uh yes, Michigan and played Cincinnati. See, they should have get Cincy three. No, Michigan played or no, Michigan played, Michigan played Georgia. That's right, Michigan. Since they gave Cincy the four seed, Bama Cincy played. hadn't lost the game. Give Cincy the three seed. Let them play Michigan for the three and two game, and then have Alabama and Georgia in the first round. Right, because like or the semifinal, I should say. Yeah, because for because that way you prevent like you the look, same. Well, you look at last year's bracket like. I'll give it to Cincinnati. They put up a decent fight for the first half, and then Bama just did Bama things, and that game became uncompetitive. Michigan-Georgia was completely uncompetitive. Like, Georgia came in and kicked the doors off of Michigan from basically the word go. Like, that game, it, Michigan just 
almost looked like they were happy to be there. And yeah. so Michigan and Cincy would have been a much more competitive game. And the committee that it's funny, the committee always commit or always quotes, Oh, well, we're going to put the four best teams in that we think are, are great. That's awesome. They shouldn't all be coming from the big 10 and the sec though. Mm-hmm. Like there's other power five conferences in there. You want to put Clemson in there. I think Clemson's going to have a very good year. They're going to be on the rebound, especially being down the past couple of years. I think you throw Clemson in there. They can, I'm not saying they can necessarily beat Alabama and Georgia, but they're going to give them a much better game than maybe, let's say, an Arkansas would yeah. or somebody like that where they might be the third or fourth SEC team in. So right. that's, that's, I like six, but that would be my caveat is the power, all power five conferences, their conference champions in, and then you take the strongest group of five and they're the sixth team. Well, two teams that will definitely be in that conversation later this year, Ohio State and Notre Dame. They play week one. Primetime game, 4.30. How ugly uh, is this game going to get, by the way? I don't think it's going to get that ugly. You think Notre Dame sticks with them? Notre Dame sticks with them under new coach Marcus Freeman. I like him. I like him. There's a lot of people that like Notre Dame this year. There's, uh, you know, obviously C.J. Stroud with uh, Ohio State. Um, but um, I like I – li- I'm not saying Notre Dame's going to win, but Notre Dame is going to be a lot more competitive going on in the future. Brian Kelly's over at LSU now, so – you know, they can go get uh, uh, waxed by top 25 teams over there. But I think now under the new coach, Marcus Freeman, uh, this team will be much more competitive. And I, I still like Ohio State by double digits. But I don't think it would be bad as, as bad as it was under um, Brian Kelly. Like I'm seeing like a 10-11 point game here. Ooh. Like, let's see. I'll go like 28-38 in that area, in that ballpark. What's the spread on this game? 17 and a half? Something 34-24. Like uh, let's see. The line Oops. for week one is Ohio State. It's 17. Seven, it's right at 17. Yeah. Ooh. It's similar to our first game with Oregon and Georgia. Like, I can very well make a case Ohio State's winning this game by 17, particularly being at home. Maybe they get to the 21 I don't know. Um, to me, it's either 17 or 21. Like, I don't think they're going to win by 18, 19, 20, nothing like that. I think if they don't win by, or if they win by. Well, 18 just a weird number to win by. Yeah. You got to like it a, a weird score. 20 maybe, but really it's 17 and 21 as far as numbers when you. Watch, talk they're going to win by 18 now. They'll find a way. They'll miss an extra point, go for two, something like that. I don't know. Um, what was the What was the line on our second game? I don't even think we went over that. Uh, My guess is it's, it's, it's Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. It's got to be Arkansas, yeah. Um, they were at like six, I want to say. Six and a half. Yeah, I take Arkansas. Um, 17. I take, I take Ohio State. I think by all accounts, this should be, I mean, this is coming from a lot of different people that have taken an early look at Ohio State. This should be one of the best Ohio State teams we've seen, particularly on offense. Everyone has raved about this offense. Could it be a little bit of a letdown spot in a sense for Ohio State? Kind of, but they're not going to lose the game. Like, I don't think it's that big of a letdown spot. But maybe they struggle a little bit in the first half and then get it going in the second half. That could be possible. Um, I'm very hesitant to to back a Notre Dame team to go in there and win, especially given they have a first-year head coach. They have some turnover on that roster. Granted, it's not completely a first-year guy. Like, it's somebody that was from the program. Like, he was, I believe, an assistant before he got promoted. So there's some familiarity with it. 
but he's still in his first year as a head coach. This is going to be his first game as a head coach, and you're asking him to go to Columbus in the horseshoe and dethrone what should be, by many accounts, an undefeated Ohio State team by the end of the year. That's a very tall ask for a guy. Now, to Joey's credit, th- this game could be fairly competitive. Like, there may be just enough fight and, you know, juice going on in the Notre Dame sideline to maybe keep this game relatively interesting. But I think if Ohio State finds a way to get their offense rolling, as people are expecting, and if Ohio State lives up to the all the hype that people are giving them, this could this could very well be a runaway. Like, this game could get ugly quick. It could be... It'd be very similar to, like, if we remember Alabama played Miami last year in the opener and absolutely whipped Miami around for 60 minutes. Like, it could get that ugly if Ohio State's clicking. I agree. I agree. But we're going to get into NFL previews now. NFL Both, It could be very ugly for both these teams. Could be. Um, could be long years. We'll start, we'll start with the Carolina Panthers. Carolina the Panthers. Baker Mayfield-led Carolina Panthers. Baker's had some things to say about his week one opponent. Hey, I, I'm rooting for him. I am I'm too. For I'm here one. for it. I hope he does kick their ass. Yeah. I, I hope, like, there's not many teams that I'd be like, yeah, I hope you intentionally lose or you get you go 0-17 or something. I wouldn't be mad if the Cleveland Browns went 0-17. Same, no. same thing with the Houston Texans. I wouldn't be mad about it. I'd be perfectly okay with it. <laughs> and then they, they can have a dogfight for who gets the number one pick between because they're both How would that suck. even work? If they both, I think they play each other though this year, so they they both can't go. Do that's a good. I think they do. I'm almost certain. The Browns and Texans do play do. each other. That that's could be Sean Watson's that would be game. that would be an ugly football game, especially if it's they could tie if they tie. Yeah, you're right. They do play because um, it's Deshaun Watson's um, return game return game from suspension. Oh man, they could they could tie. if they tied. Oh my goodness, the NFL would be like, fine. You both have the number one pick. Like <laughs> we'll we'll have one. Pick one and pick one A or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the Carolina Panthers. Speaking of the Cle- the Cleveland Browns, that is the home opener for Cleve or for Carolina rather. Week one, Baker Mayfield revenge game. One and zero. Agreed. The Giants on the road. Week two. Two and zero. Yep. The Saints at home. Three and zero. I agree. The Cardinals at home. Three and one. Yeah. The Niners. Wait, no, I went. I gave on this game because for those who don't know, we, we had technical difficulties. We we did the Panthers preview already. Four and zero. Four and zero. Okay, I'll go three and one. The Niners at home. Four and one. Uh, three and two for me. Rams on the road. Four and two. Three and three for me. The Buccaneers at home. Four and three. Uh, three and four for me. The Falcons on the road. Five and three. They shouldn't have any issues with the Falcons. Right. Four and four for me. The Bengals at at the Bengals. Five and four. Uh, Yeah, four and five for me. The Falcons at home. Six and four. Five and five. The Ravens uh, in Baltimore. Six and five. Six and you may, Baker Mayfield makes his return to the AFC, AFC North. Yes. Six and five for Joey. Uh, you have them losing this game, right? Correct. As do I. Five and six. The Broncos at home. Six and six. I agree. I think this is six and six. I think they, or no, you have them losing to the Broncos. Yeah. I think they beat the Broncos. This is, this is a game the Broncos should win, but they won't. 
for some reason. Um, this will be one of their surprise losses, I think, of the year. Uh, Seattle Seahawks on the road. Seven and six. Yeah. I'm not even sure it mattered if it was at the Seahawks or at home. Uh, yeah. yeah, seven and six. They will win this football game. The Steelers at home. I'm going to change my prediction. I'm going to give it to Carolina. Eight and six. Seven and seven for me. Uh, the Lions at home. Nine and six. Uh, eight and seven for me. The Panther, or excuse me, the Buccaneers uh, in Tampa. Nine and seven. I agree. I think this is a loss. Eight and eight. And then the Saints at New Orleans. Nine and eight. And eight and nine for me. So Joey's nine and eight. I am eight and nine when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. Not too far off. About Not a terrible year for them. No. Either way, that's a decent year. You get to at least eight wins. Maybe nine. You get over 500. Um, fairly decent year. Another team that may... May have a decent year. Depends on definitely the, better than the Falcons. Definitely, but yes, that is one thing that the Buccaneers, the Panthers, and probably the Saints, who we're going to get to, can all say is, well, at least we're not Atlanta. At least we're not Atlanta. Which, speaking of the Falcons, that is the opening game for the Saints in Atlanta. Well, they're going to be one and zero. Yes, I agree. The Saints then open their home slate against the Buccaneers. Two and zero. Oh, sorry, one and one. I agree. I think Tampa wins this game by like a field goal. It's close. Yeah. Like wait, no, two and zero. Two and zero. I think you Saints, gave, yeah, yeah. You gave them this game. Saints win. I say Buccaneers always. Tom Brady and those guys always have trouble in the dome. So we'll go two and zero. I'll go one and one. Tampa wins a very close game. Um, would not shock me though if New Orleans wins. Uh, so one and one for me so far. Two and zero for Joey. They go to Carolina. Two and one. I agree. I think they win this. Or we gave Carolina this game, right? Yeah. So, one and two for me. Two and one for Joey. One and two for me. The Vikings at home. Or no, excuse me, not at home. This game technically in London. 6.30 kickoff. AM? Yes. That's Kirk Cousins is going to have the game of his life. uh, Two and two. Talk about nobody paying attention. This will be definitely one of those games. Um, Yeah, I think the Vikings win this game. One and three for the Saints. Uh, Saints then come back home to play the Seahawks. Three and two. Two and three. They are remaining at home for the Bengals. Three and three. Ooh, they beat the Bengals. No, they're, I had them at three and two. Oh, you have them at three and two. Three I have them at three. two and three. I have them now at two and four. Uh, the Cardinals on the road. Three and four. Two and five for me. The Raiders at home. Three and five. Two and six for me. Uh, the Ravens at home. Three and six. Two and seven for me. The Steelers on the road. Three and seven. Two and eight for me. The Rams at home. They're not going to lose all these. They're they're going to win one of those that stretch. So I'm going to go four and seven right now. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Rams, but in that they might beat the Steelers. I'm going to have them at four and seven. They're going to win one of those games. I have them at two and nine. Uh, the Niners on the road. Four and eight. Two and ten. The Buccaneers on the road. Four and nine. Two wow, and, what two, a two and eleven tough schedule. The uh, Falcons at home. Five and nine. Uh. Three and eleven, the Browns on the road. Six and nine. Four and eleven for me. The Eagles on the road. Six and ten. Four and twelve for me. And the uh, the Panthers at home. Seven and ten. Five and twelve. Is barely my- better. You have them barely better than the Falcons. I that- think you put the Falcons at three and fourteen or two and fifteen. Yeah, something like that. So they're a couple wins better. Yeah. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven and ten for the Saints. If you told me that that was how the the NFC South 
order was going to be the, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Saints, the Falcons. I'm not sure I'd fight you on that. Like, I think that's about right. Yeah, that's about right. Um, Honestly, I mean, I wanted to give the Saints a better record, but that stretch where they start with, um, really when they start at home against the Bengals up until they get to the Falcons at home, like that's a, let's count. They've got, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight games they could lose. Like they could literally go on an eight-game losing streak because all those teams could easily beat them. Um, that's a tough thing. I think they have the toughest schedule. Yeah, that is brutal. They're more Cincy. Like that's Cincy how, had a tough one. Yeah. I mean, they. I have them at 5-12, and 12, but eight of those losses could come in a row. Yeah. It could very well come in a row. And so it's interesting. Uh, it will, it'll be something to watch for sure for the Saints. One division left. One division left, that being the NFC West, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. The NFC West, which hosts the reigning Super Bowl champion in the L.A. Rams, and usually is a very competitive division if you subtract Seattle from that equation. Um, You'll have three teams that are very competitive in that division for sure. Um, And then, as we mentioned Seattle will just be happy to be in the division. So they'll, they'll be happy to be in the They'll NFL. be happy to be playing football. Yeah, they'll, be, they'll just be a happy team to be there. Um, they'll be the team you circle and go, oh, that's an easy win. We don't even need to play the starters today. We can play the second and third string. Um, but, again, that is our episode of Back and Forth. Just a reminder, our picks for this weekend, I'm going with the Oregon Ducks to keep it relatively close, going with uh, Arkansas, to win fairly convincingly and Ohio State to win also fairly convincingly. Joey going with Same as you. Oregon, Arkansas, and no, uh you went with Notre Dame, didn't you? No, I went Ohio State. Oh, did you go to Ohio State? Okay. I thought you had originally said I just think Notre I'm not I'm not doing like spread or anything. I'm just Oh winner winner loss? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going Ohio I think um winner loss I'll go Notre Dame will make it a lot more competitive though. Yeah. I will say that. I was say I think if you're talking winner loss um, what I have Georgia beating Oregon, uh, yeah, Georgia beats Oregon, Arkansas beats Cincy, Ohio State, Ohio State beats Notre Dame. We're all in agreement there. That's usually not a good thing, by the way. If you have been a listener back and forth, whether it's the radio show or uh, we were when we were a, a podcast even earlier, um, in our earlier days, usually when Joey and I are in agreement of all three or however many picks we have for that episode and we agree on all of them. That usually means maybe one of these teams might lose. So uh, just keep your eye on that. It is week one of college football. Um, the, I guess, formal start to college football uh, because last week was week zero. And we can see why it was week, considered week zero. Um, <laughs> there was <laughs> lots of zeros playing. Yeah. A lot of teams that um, may not, may have zeros in certain columns of their record. Um, Hawaii being that, being that zero. Yeah. Why? We should, we should. We should. Oh, that'd have been fun to do. The the big the zero of week zero. I mean, the zeros. Of we should just zero. do a zero, the zero of every week. Last yeah. week it was Hawaii, like the team that just stinks. The team that just stinks, and you'd probably be embarrassed to wear a shirt of out. We'd have to do it after. Oh yeah, the we week, gotta do right? it after. Okay, I'm I'm down for that. So next Let's, week, next week, who's our zero? Next week we will go with the or a big loser, however we want to yeah. call it. Maybe we can come up with a better name than zero. But for now, we're gonna we're gonna temporarily trademark. Zero. The zero of the week that they literally get zero love from us. Um, yeah. Well, let's so look at some, I want, let's look at some contenders real quick. Who who could it be? 
Well, if Notre Dame looks god-awful, they could be in contention. It could be VMI. Let's stick with FBS schools. Okay. Only FBS, no FCS schools. Okay, let's see. I'm looking at it. Could be New Mexico State. They're playing Minnesota. Could be Utah State. Minnesota's a 36.5-point favorite. Could very well be Utah State playing Alabama. Oh, God. (laughs) Colorado State could be our zero. They're playing Michigan. Yeah, that's true. Man, we're going to have some good competition for this. Especially the earlier weeks when you have, like, the Alabamas, the Michigans, the Georgias that are playing, like, the lower FBS schools. like Could be could be UTEP. Who's UTEP play? Oklahoma. Oh, yeah, it could definitely be them. Uh, They'll be in contention. Let's see. Might be Wyoming again. They're only playing Tulsa, but, I mean, if, if they lose to Tulsa, like, by, by, I think, more than 15, I think they could be contenders for, for that. Troy, possibly. Troy's FBS, right? Mm-hmm. Rice. Rice could very well be it. They're playing USC. I think Matt knew that. And possibly. See if there's any more in here. Yeah, Utah State. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty big field for this. This is a pretty big field. There could be a lot of zeros. There could be. So we're gonna have to wait and see. Um Last contender, once again, being Hawaii. Hawaii is playing Western Kentucky. They are 16-point underdogs for a home game against Western Kentucky. Yeah. So it, it could be, could Hawaii go back-to-back? Back? Everybody saw what happened to Hawaii last week, and they're like, ain't no way in hell I am putting a dollar on this team. I think if Hawaii loses by 25 at home, they have to unanimously be back-to-back back zeros of the week. Like, if they lose by 28, let's say. Can they like just forfeit the rest of the year? Like, can they just go like we're should. not we're not playing? You gotta forfeit. Like, we get you gotta. we get this as a new team. We're not doing this. Like, we lost by f- over fifty to Vanderbilt so at home. We will definitely come up with a better name of zero because zero doesn't really work outside of week zero. So we'll definitely come out of a better. We'll come up with a better name by next week's recording. Yeah. Um. But might be the joke of the week or something. Yeah. My my early prediction is it's going to be Hawaii again. Could be like if yeah. If you're losing by 53 to Vanderbilt at home, Ooh, yeah. Western Kentucky could very well beat you by 25 at home. Yeah, which would be pretty embarrassing. So we'll see. That's we'll, something to look forward to next week. Definitely, we'll look forward to that and see what comes of that. But again, thank you guys for tuning in to a Thursday episode of Back and Forth. We're back on Saturday with one more episode to round out the week. We'll probably be some more football heavy. We'll definitely have some more season previews for you as we start the NFC West. We appreciate you guys tuning in. I've been your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery. Join along as always by my co-host, Joey G. Friendly reminder, make sure you are following the Back and Forth podcast on Twitter, at Back Forth Pod. Instagram is at Back Forth Podcast. And, of course, while you're on those social platforms, make sure you are giving the official home of Back and Forth, that being the Talk That Talk Media Company, a follow on Twitter at TTT Media Company. The rest of their socials are spelled out at Talk That Talk Media Company. That's all for us here on a Thursday, and we will talk to you guys on Saturday. Saturday.